Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, the iconic music magazine, The Enemy, ceased its print edition five years ago and has now relaunched from today in a hard copy format. What's this mean for the music industry? Um, and just how influential was The Enemy during its heyday? Joining me as Ken Sweeney, showbiz editor of The Irish Sun. Ken, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, great, Tom. Great to be here. Um, the Enemy was the go-to magazine, wasn't God, it? God, it was. You know, The Enemy was so good. The people in central London, I mean, myself included, you'd go earlier, a day earlier to get your hands on The Enemy because you could get it in the centre of London before it was in the shops. And it was like that in Dublin as well. You could actually get it in parts of Fivesbury before it hit, uh, you know, before it hit anywhere else. It was it was a weird kind of thing. That's how badly people wanted it. And it was a huge force. You had The Enemy, of course you had Melody Maker, which was more classified ads, more musicians thing, and you got Record Mirror and Sounds, which was more heavy metal paper. Which paper did you buy? Oh, Enemy. Yeah. Enemy. And I used to get the, if you got the bus into town, uh, Easton's used yeah. to have it on a Thursday or maybe even a Wednesday. You could get it a day early. Yeah. And it was the Bible. It had the best yeah. writers. It, it made and break, broke bands. It was. It's hard to put across how It is. And you know what I loved about the Enemy was that the writers could actually, they could actually explain a band to you before you actually heard their records. And I remember it was an American band called Firehose and the enemy writers wrote about them and they spoke about them having this REM thing and I actually got into the band before I ever heard the record. That's how good the enemy's writing was. There was also that thing with the enemy where they would tell you a record was really good and you'd get it and you'd, you'd buy it and you'd take it home you think mm, it's not that good but then after a while you'd realise the writer had been right there was yes. actually a substantial like, murmur yeah, they were clever like people they, yeah. they, it was the they kind were of, the cleverest the, of people the, and they went on to run the media in fact they called uh, enemy Cambridge for losers because all these untrained writers went in there and they went off to have fabulous media careers um, br- bright people and they also liked your band let's not forget that <laughs> Your He's band actually features. Simon, your research was saying to me, you know, he's, what, you were actually in the NMA. And I was. I was in the NMA twice uh, in 1992. And I remember it was like the opening line was, uh, "This everyone in the office loves this record. And that, something like that. I don't remember what it was. But it was that was it. You'd landed then when, when you'd been in the NMA. And I got more pieces then after that. But that, that's what you were waiting yeah, for. Because it, everything it, else it was, was the Bible. The and I don't know if anything has yeah. ever really replaced it. No, and it, it tackled, uh, you know, it, was, it had left wing tendencies. You know, it famously it put Neil Kinnock on the cover. That was part of its downfall, actually, because it backed a loser. You know, Labour didn't win that election. But it was left field politics. It was it was CND. There was you know there was a great movie and, and TV section in it. So there was a lot more going on, in and it. it was very very popular. It was all yeah, and for two hundred thousand copies a week, yeah, something insane. like that. Insane. When you think about it, nineteen fifty two, it starts off as Accordion Weekly or something like that, becomes a music magazine. And the funniest thing of all is Morrissey, of course, he used to bombard the enemy with his articles, and they never wanted to use them. And then ten years later, in the mid eighties, like it was you know New Morrissey Review, there was nothing in the enemy yes. apart from the, the Smiths and Morrissey. And then he had a big long feud with and, them as well. And then, you know? I mean, you say if what Neil Kinnock, but, but realistically, it just went the way of all print media, didn't it? It did. I mean, what part of the problem I think was that uh, first of all, you know, the only place you could get this sort of stuff about bands touring and stuff that was uh, that was only in the NME or the Melody Maker. Then the you know the web came along and you could find it on websites. Also, record companies had loads of money to loads of, lots of money to buy ads. So you know the the budget wasn't there anymore as the record kind of industry shrunk. Then you think of the poor 
enemy writers, Tom. In the late 70s, they were writing about The Clash and The Jam and all those wonderful bands. And like 20 years later, they were having to write about The Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> and maybe it's not, not as good as it was, you know. But I mean, I... I, just, I, I that was lost. never going to last, was it? No, so you have no. all that, right? The world yeah. has gone on. Yeah. How can it possibly come back? It can come back. And just never forget those covers, Stone Roses, Dobbed in Paint and The Jam and Paul Weller and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it can't really come back. This sort of press release, which has come out, it's a company called uh, Coldcott Music Group and they're talking about making the NME, now launching it as a bi-monthly um, physical copy um, and <laughs> very small amounts of copies. Uh, Simon, uh, your researcher, was saying that there's going to be about, there's going to be like £10, 10 pounds sterling to buy it and th- the guy who's marketing it said there's a value in scarcity, <laughs> which sounds to me like that quote in uh, Spinal Tap where <laughs> the guy says, our appeal is going to be more selective. <laughs> Listen, th- this is a release just to get people like me and you excited. Over the years, the NME has been a TV station, it's been a radio station. They even had a Russian edition and an Irish edition. So, listen, it's great. Get, listen, here I am on the radio here talking about uh, talking about the NME. They, they you must know? see some sort of gap in the market, though, because Mojo and Uncut are still doing well, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they are. Still... But I think I think the part of the problem was when I looked into this again was that NME had to have fifty-one covers every year, and there's yeah. only so many new, young, something happens, Brian type absolutely, bands yeah, coming absolutely. away. And listen, tell so me, who's you did you hear who's on the cover of the new edition? Who? It's something that I've never heard of before yeah. in my life. It, yeah. It's some kind of, it sounds like he's a do-it-yourself expert or something like this really? on the cover of the first one. Yeah. yeah. I, I've lost okay, the well, it's, piece of paper I, I, that I had. One, one, of the yeah, fa- like yeah, uh, one of the funny things I found was that, there we you know, go. are you going? Yeah. Uh, D4VD. <laughs> is on the cover of the first one. Well, and listen, we're obviously he is not... a DIY innovator. We, we should ask those kids outside in the office one day. We're obviously not down with the kids. I did laugh. I came across... The NME obviously was so powerful, the reviews and stuff. Um, when Suede came out, they'd written about Suede for six months, so they actually gave the album a kind of a meandering, you know five out of ten type review because they were so bored with it and The Cure when they reviewed The Cure's um, The Cure's album they gave it such a bad review that Robert Smith and The Cure went into the studio for a appeal session and they recorded the song called Desperate Journalist in Ongoing Meaningful Review Situation <laughs> which was a parody of the dense prose of Morley and Penman that suggested uh, Robert Smith the lead singer had taken ownership of a thesaurus so it was lovely barbs like that and of course Marcy wrote a, wrote a track you know slagging off the enemy as well on one of his albums, uh, Vauxhall, Here We Come, uh, his name doesn't come to be here. But listen, yeah. it was amazingly um, powerful. But as I said, I think there's so much music everywhere now, Tom, that, that you don't have yeah. to really, you know, you, you can hear it's it on really Spotify. It's really hard to see where you out. see a niche for this because if you want yeah. to find out about new music, it's streaming, it, it, the algorithm yeah. will quickly work out what yeah. you like. Pitch stuff, like what you like. At you. If you want to Google them, you'll yeah. find reviews and interviews on their yeah. website in there. seconds. Well, one of the biggest traumas of my, my life as a teenager, reading the enemy was finding out that the enemy and the melody maker were one floor apart in the same office tower called King's Reach Tower that I thought these papers were warring you know enemies and, and they, but they actually were part of the same company and uh, IPC Tower once went up to uh, King's Reach Tower and apparently it was located on a 17th century plague pit and there were strange smells and the sound of wind whistling in the lift shafts <laughs> these are, because they, yeah, they, they were the glory days of journalism <laughs> has to be said I always think when people yeah. say the enemy I just think of one a one word review that gave to um, yeah. Shack Attack once just yeah. said Lack Attack <laughs> and that was the end of the review that, that was glorious I know days. but I mean the, the problem with the enemy was of course they, they got obsessed with scenes and they had like the new wave of the new wave that was one of the last scenes they were trying to do because they were always championing new bands and getting excited about them and uh, probably they were, a lot of them weren't up for it so if, if you know 
if the enemy was to come back now, how many of those people would be? I mean, are there any shops to sell it in for a start? I wonder. With you know, grow, you know, you know, lowering numbers of shops yeah. selling magazines and newspapers. It but seems it's odd. a nice idea. It right? seems odd. Um, yeah. It doesn't look like it's a reversal for the print media. That's for sure. And mm. um, we'll I'll try and get my hands on a copy at some point and report more. But listen, before I let you go, you were at Sinead's uh, funeral. Yesterday. I was. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, and and uh, you know, um, it was just very touching to see so many people down on. Um, you know, I, I heard bits of your I heard bits of your reports, and yeah. I think that the general the, the outpouring of grief and feeling yeah. it's very striking, isn't it? I don't ever remember is. anything like it. It is. I wish Sinead had been around to see it. She, you know, she was just so funny and so humorous and so witty, and you, she'd come on the phone often, and uh, she just could say she was just such a funny commentator, and she loved journalists and she loved gossip, so I had plenty of that to give her. And the music is so incredible, and that thing, Tom. Do, when you hear a singer, do you believe them when you're singing? I always believed Sinead O'Connor when absolutely a hundred percent. And and people talking about her albums and finding albums, yeah. there isn't a bad album. You, you, you'll find something on every single album. She's always honest. She's always there. And she always has that amazing voice. So. Yeah, that Take Me to Church song, I just heard it on the radio last week. Yeah. And that's a recent thing. And that's just absolutely brilliant. And it's got it's got that chemistry and it's kind of going on. And she wrote a very funny book. Lee Whalen, I spoke to outside Sinead's house yesterday. And he said, read the book. Or the book, listen to it. Yeah, yeah, listen Better to the still. book. Yeah, yeah, still, absolutely yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Ken, uh, pleasure. Thanks very much. No problem. Uh, look forward to seeing you over the next copy of The Enemy. We might be on the cover, Ken, who knows? Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Energlaze on News Talk.